I was asked by The Atlantic to write a piece about voting rights. And, you know, voting rights are, I mean, they've certainly been in the news a lot. I mean, people that care about them, like Ari Berman from Mother Jones, who's a guy I interviewed a couple of years ago, who's a, an expert on voting rights. You know, he's been issuing a lot of warnings about what's going on right now. Um, and I was vaguely aware of this, but in researching the piece, I mean, there is a, I would say, pretty unprecedented power grab happening right now from like state level Republican parties that is very scary. Like the number of bills that I, I mean, it seems like are basically coming out of right wing think tanks and state level Republican parties are implementing or at least like trying to implement that the number of bills have just gone into absolute overdrive since uh, since February. And, you know, some of these are things like, you know, like they're the standard. It's a standard voter suppression under the auspices of like, you know, we need stricter ID requirements to protect the integrity of elections, whatever. There is one of them in Arizona where the idea is basically to empower the legislature by simple majority vote to just like overturn the secretary of state's uh, certification of elector results. So essentially, if the legislature is controlled by Republicans, not e- not even a supermajority, just if they have like 50 plus one votes, they are able to uh, just be like, nope, actually, the Democrats didn't win the state. Uh, it doesn't count. And so, as you know, I am a critic of a lot of what I think was kind of hyperbole to come out of um, the Trump era from liberals. And the case is kind of a hard one to make, and it's an unpopular case. But, you know, I've often found that to some extent, the hyperbole is not wrong in terms of like the tenor. And it's not hyperbolic exactly, but it's just that the target is wrong. Treating Trump as this kind of aberration is really a problem when you're actually talking about this whole apparatus of like think tanks and like dark money networks and stuff like that. You know, machinery that continues regardless of whether Trump is or isn't there. But, you know, Donald Trump's attempt to, uh, you know, failed attempt, and I think in some ways quite pitiful attempt to declare the election fraudulent, uh, does seem to have kind of, I don't know, pushed things over the edge uh, in terms of, you know, I'm again, I'm not one to, I, I'm a little bashful about talking about norms, but when it comes to like the attitude among kind of uh, Republicans in terms of, you know, how they treat elections or whatever, it's like, I, I do think Trump has actually kind of successfully pushed them even further over the edge. Um, because I think they've kind of, he's kind of helped lay the ideological groundwork for just like, when Republicans lose, it, it's fundamentally illegitimate. And when, and when like Democrats win, it's fun. Or like when anyone who isn't Republicans, you know, win, it's, it's fundamentally illegitimate. And so I was asked to write about this, and I was asked to write specifically about the Democratic response to this. And this is where things got really terrifying, because actually people like kind of somewhat surprising people like Chuck Schumer uh, have been coming out and saying, like, we are not going to let like, you know, third world autocracy will be on the way if these people like, you know, are allowed to pass this stuff. But here's the thing. There are two pieces of legislation, uh, one of which has passed the House, H.R. 1. And then there's the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, um, which I think is yet to be before the House. I mean, basically, these are not going to get through the Senate. These will, these are uh, both actually, they're very good pieces of legislation, particularly H.R. 1, would, would substantially improve the integrity of American elections, crack down on dark money, things like that. But they are not going to pass uh, the Senate. And it's not just because of Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema. Kristen Sinema actually supports H.R. 1, but then she, like Manchin, is vigorously opposed to doing anything about the filibuster. I wrote a piece on the filibuster a few weeks ago, and this, uh, you know, researching the uh, the voting rights question, thinking about it a little more, it is just completely untenable to believe that uh, the Democrats are going to be able to pass uh, any of their stated agenda, even more watered down stuff, 
unless they smash this filibuster to bits or at least modify it in some substantial way. 